Tactical sports take. Inbound. Who the fuck is that guy? Beat him off. Stomp on his head as he's unconscious. Five-tool commentator. <laughs> he's the Willie Mays of sports <laughs> broadcasting. DiMaggio. It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Owen Ely Show. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Wednesday, October 6th, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Santos versus Walker, which, of course, took place last Saturday at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, as always, great to be back with you guys. I know it's repetitive when I say that, but, you know, i got to start off the show every single week by saying that because it is true. It is true. Um, an eventful fight night card i think that's what we can call uh ufc on vegas 38 i think that's what this was that's kind of the shitty part about having a bunch of shows in vegas is uh you know if it's like ufc wichita i think that's only ever happened once i mean you know what you're talking about but you know ufc on vegas 38 i mean i guess it's apt you know it's 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 correct but you know it's just, it doesn't have that razzle dazzle on the uh on the old uh, hashtags so they all kind of blend together. I couldn't tell you a fucking difference between UFC 30, UFC on Vegas 31 and UFC on Vegas 29. Just kind of all runs together. But uh, no, pretty eventful. Pretty eventful. The, the unfortunate part for me is I happened to work Saturday nights. So I had to try to watch this while, uh, you know, operating uh, difficult radio software. So I did not see every single fight uh, completely. But I saw most of them. I saw most of them. I saw the entirety of the uh, the main event. So, uh, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm not uh, too off base with my uh, opinions. But, you know, Mailman always delivers, so I can't just not do a, uh, a recap show. Uh, we don't have updated rankings. Those will probably come today. Uh, I'm just lazy. I'm very lazy. So I uh, did not update those yet. But there's really not a whole lot to update. But that, I guess that looks even worse because it'd be easier to do just about nothing so uh we'll, we'll get those done we'll get those done another win for the mailman uh in the uh the main card showdown another knockout i think i'm on a, a seven bout knockout streak um so you know that's that's ridiculous that's ridiculous um i think that's all we have for housekeeping so we can get right into the main event here so we had tiago santos winning a unanimous decision over Johnny Walker. Kind of a snooze fest. Kind of a snooze fest. Um, you know, I, I've been giving props to the UFC for their brilliant matchmaking. Uh, for the most part, we're going to have two real rough main events the next couple of weeks. Two just terrible, terrible Bellator prelim uh, main events uh, for for the UFC the next couple of weeks. But We'll get to those later. We'll also do the the, the preview show for uh, whatever shithead cards coming up next for the UFC. But um, kind of a stinker, just kind of a stinker. Um, this tends to happen, you know. There there are there are 
good matchups on paper, but then sometimes it just kind of defies conventional wisdom. So, like, um, you know, you, you saw this with Damian Maya when he fought Ben Askren, where everybody went, wow, I mean, the, Damian Maya is the greatest Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner to ever set foot in the octagon. Ben Askren is one of the most dominant wrestlers of all time to enter the octagon, maybe the best wrestler, honestly. Uh, you know, I mean, there's been some pretty credentialed ones, but, uh, you know, when you, when you look at what, he, what he's done... So you go, wow, I mean, this is going to be the battle of the ground. I mean, you know, whoever wins this is going to be the greatest ground fighter of all time. And then for 90% of the fight, it's just a kickboxing match. Because, uh, well, and then also, you know, like Derek Lewis, famously Derek Lewis and uh, Francis Ngannou, two of the best power punchers of all time, and they threw like 30 punches in a, in a fucking 15-minute fight. So sometimes on paper, you're like, oh, hell yeah, Johnny Walker, that fucking crazy guy who does crazy knockouts, and Tiago Santos, the guy who puts people out with one punch, this is going to be fucking insane. And I was saying that as well in the preview, so I'm not even saying I f predicted this correctly. I, I got duped as well, but I'm just saying some, sometimes this stuff happens where you, you, you think the matchups are going to line up directly uh, in a certain way, but you know historically, it, it doesn't always work that way. Um, you know, two stellar, even Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington. They spent all the time in, in the lead up to their fight talking about D1, D2 and wrestling and shit like that. Dude, it was a kickboxing. There wasn't even a takedown attempted. So sometimes when you get people fighting each other and their strengths are similar, a lot of times they're just not even going to use them. They're just going to go to the next thing. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure Ben Askren was thinking... Well, fuck, I mean, Damian Maia is really good on the ground. I, I'm good as well, but I don't really want to go down there. That's his strong suit, so I'm going to try to outstrike him. And I'm sure Damian Maia, you know, was probably a little hesitant to go to the ground as well, you know, knowing what Ben Askren can do. Uh, and and that's, that's just the, that's the deal here. They were really tentative, uh, you know, not, not quite to the level of, of Derek Lewis and, uh, and, and Francis Ngannou. But, you know, they, they, were, they were tentative. They were smart. More so Johnny Walker. I, I was really impressed with his game plan. Now, it's, um, it's kind of a moot point because he lost. But I thought he fought really smart. You know, he's known for not really having a chin. He choked. I mean, he fucking ate that uh, overhand right from, uh, from Tiago in round five. But he has really bad defense. Really bad defense. And... Um, if you fight at range and you're a six foot six fighter and you don't throw as much as much, that's gonna limit the amount of times you're gonna get cracked and, and you know, potentially the amount of times you're you're gonna uh, you know, get put down. So I thought it was a smart game plan. It it just kinda reminded me of like Manel Cop, where Manel Cop is super, super fucking talented. Um, you know, he he's uh, a distance fighter. He doesn't really put himself in danger. He's very solid defensively. But if you're so inactive, it really doesn't take much to beat you. So Johnny Walker had the, the greatest game plan of all time against Tiago Santos. He had a fucking brilliant game plan. He just didn't throw enough strikes. He just didn't throw enough strikes. If he would have thrown if he if he would have thrown five more strikes each round, that's nothing. That's just a, a, an extra strike a minute. If he would have just thrown an extra strike a minute. He would have cruised to a fucking victory here. But he, he just 
didn't throw enough, but I liked what I saw. I really did. You know, Tiago, uh, I don't think Tiago looked good at all. And, you know, to be completely candid, I've, I've, I've kind of been stalling here because I wanted to find MMA decisions. I wanted to see what how people scored this fight, but it doesn't fucking matter. You know, people are, people are dummies. They don't know how to score fights. I actually scored this for Johnny Walker. I thought this was a win for Johnny Walker. I had him winning uh, round one, round three, and round four. And I would have given round two to Tiago Santos, although I'm not... I'm not going to die on that hill if you thought Johnny Walker won round two. I'm not really here to argue. I just thought Santos eked out a win in round two. And then I I thought he won round five, especially because of the big, you know, overhand uh, punch he landed. But, you know, I I thought Johnny Walker won. You could say it was a boring fight for him. Fortunately, boring or super exciting, that doesn't translate to a win. That doesn't have anything to do with the scoring. There's nothing in the scoring that says you have to be exciting and you'll win or boring and you'll lose. It's, you know, there's distinct criteria for, for you know, who's, you know, you know, how you win and how you lose. And obviously judging's somewhat subjective, you know, because we do get terrible decisions. But, you know, Johnny Walker won. I, I really don't understand how you could say Tiago Santos won. It was a very close fight statistically. Uh, Johnny Walker outstruck him 48 to 44, which I'm not going to use that as a necessarily as a metric for him winning because it's so close. And also, when you judge, you don't have access to, to um, you know, the, the stats as they happen. But, you know, I thought Johnny Walker uh, won. Yeah, Tiago had a big moment in, in the fifth round. He didn't have a 10-8 wasn't a 10-8 you know it you know barely was a 10-9 barely was a 10-9 really and honestly he probably was outstruck in the fifth round I just give him that because he had the biggest punch but it's like you know it's a it's math it's literally math so you could think Tiago Santos looked better you could say Johnny Walker's boring but it comes down to math who won the most amount of rounds it was Johnny Walker it's it's simple addition and given there's no given there's no 10-8 or 10-10, which is pretty fucking rare, uh, you know, it's who wins more rounds. Johnny Johnny won it three to two. Um, I'm not gonna die on that hill either, because it was a close fight and 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 whatnot. But somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. They got the wrong guy on this one. And um, you know, Thiago Santos was was interesting in the uh, in the post fight presser. Take a sip of coffee there. Nothing tastes better than coffee out of a styrofoam cup. No top, just regular, just stadium coffee. That's what I have right now. I have fucking, I have not even U.S. Bank coffee. I have Metrodome coffee right now. Couldn't taste better. But um, you know, he, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way because he was talking about uh, Alexander Rakic, and he was talking about how he made him fight boring, and uh, how he doesn't like him. Uh, it, it really shows how people pick favorites when when you see who gets the blame and who doesn't get the blame. So, like, people people will look at this fight between Santos and Walker, and they'll say, man, Johnny Walker fought really boring. He fought really, really boring, so he deserves to lose. You can't fight boring. I don't know what the fuck people are talking about. Was Johnny Walker running away? Was he literally running away from Tiago Santos? Was he running away and not engaging? Was he stalling? Was was he stalling? Was he just... Santos would throw a punch, he'd circle out, run all the way back, reset at the center, and do that. 
given he wasn't doing those two things, and maybe a handful of other things that would constitute being a boring fighter, how the fuck can you say he, he fought boring? And if you're if and how can you say Walker fought boring and not Santos? It's a dance. It's 50-50. So are you saying Tiago Santos was marauding forward? He was walking him down, running after him, just wailing on him, throwing punches, and Johnny Walker was just running away for 25 minutes? Given that's not the case, how can you say Tiago Santos didn't fight boring as well? Like people always blame Derek uh, not Derek Lewis. They always blame Francis Ngannou for that boring fight with Derek Lewis. But Derek Lewis fought just as boring. He he threw just as little strikes. He engaged just as much. But yet nobody really shits on Derek Lewis for that fight. Nobody shits on him at all. People are like, oh, he had a back injury or something. I don't give a shit about injuries. If you step into the octagon, I don't give a fuck about what injuries you have. You stepped into the octagon. So don't ever mention injuries if you step into the octagon. If you stepped into the octagon, that is a, an endorsement that you're healthy enough to compete and to fight another human being. So I don't give a fuck about injuries. Everybody has injuries. I don't care. If if it's a bad enough injury, don't fight. If you fight, I don't care about your fucking injuries, dude. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So it's like, oh, Derek Lewis had a bad back. Like, we can't blame him. No, it's a dance. It's 50-50. It, it quite literally takes two to tango. So if you're going to blame Johnny Walker for being boring, which I just think, I think he wasn't. I thought he just fought smart. I don't think it was exciting. I'm not trying to say it was a barn burner, but he fought smart. It wasn't boring. And if it is, 50% goes to Tiago Santos. So it's like, yeah, maybe you're not as, a, you know, you're not as an exciting of a fighter as we thought you were, Tiago Santos. Maybe sometimes you just have a stinker. Maybe sometimes you're just boring. But it's also like a weird type of thing as well where, it's two knockout artists, and neither of them get knocked out. And it's like, man, fuck this. This is boring as shit. It's like, do you want... So do you, do you just want Johnny Walker to, with his head held high, with his chin facing the sky, just walk just walk towards Tiago Santo and let him crack him with an overhand? Like, do you just want him to, like... Those are two human beings. Like, you just want somebody to get knocked out willingly? Like, they're both trying to win. So, like, yes, they both knock out people a lot. They knock out their opponents a lot. But it's like, do you want Tiago Santos to just tap his chin and sit there and just eat a, a spinning heel kick from Johnny Walker? Like, that's not how that it's not how that works. It's not a guarantee somebody gets knocked out. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes fight ha- fights happen, and sometimes uh, knockouts don't happen. So, you know, people people are really uh, people are really dumb sometimes. But uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, a lot of people, to kind of wrap up the uh, the talking points around the main event here, you know, a lot of people were talking about what's next for Tiago Santos. I don't really give a shit what's next for Tiago Santos. I don't want to see him fight. I really don't. Now, he will fight. He will get a fight, and he will fight somebody. But I don't really care who he fights. It was a boring, it was a boring uneventful, uninspiring fight that I, that I thought he lost. So... I don't, I don't really care. I could look at the rankings. I could give you some names. People are talking about him fighting uh, Rakic in the rematch. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. Uh, people mentioned Prohaska. He's, he's next in line for a title shot, so there's no fucking way he's fighting Thiago Santos unless he desperately needs money. Um, Anthony Smith, maybe? That would kind of make sense. Those are, you know, 
I don't know what you get from fighting Anthony Smith. That's a you know a gross fight, but uh, I don't know. I don't really I don't really care what's what's next. I don't really want to see him fight after after watching that fight. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to be you know. I understand what he's done for the sport, and I understand some of the great performances he's had, but he's kind of rubbed me the wrong way, acting like he's he, you know like he wasn't directly at fault for this very boring fight and this very uninspiring effort against a guy he he probably should have worked over to be honest. Uh, he, he, you know, <clears throat> I think Thiago Santos probably could have worked Johnny Walker over uh, in in this fight. You know, I know I know Johnny Walker's known for being a fucking crazy guy, but I think that stuff's kind of past him. You know, outside of like fucking break dancing in the middle of a fight or whatever. You know, he he didn't really he didn't really throw anything wild. I thought there was a couple of times where you know maybe he was just fighting regular so that he could he could you know try something crazy but uh you know didn't really didn't really work out that way so you know kind of a boring boring fight there and, and then you know for johnny walker i don't know just anybody in the top 15 jimmy croup maybe that'd be kind of an, an interesting fight to watch an interesting murder to watch uh on, on behalf of jimmy croup but you know he'll fight somebody again in the, in the top 15 all right, moving on to the co-main event. We had a no contest in round one between Kevin Holland and Kyle Dawkins. Really nothing to talk about in this fight other than the, the fucking, you know, illegal strike that led to the no contest. And, you know, it's kind of weird that nobody really knew what to do. Nobody really knew what to do in that in that situation. It's kind of weird. You know, the sport's been around for quite some time and people just didn't know what the fuck to do in that situation. Uh, I feel very, very strongly, very strongly that should have been a win for Kyle Dawkins. Uh, I think it's fucking insane that it went to a, a, a no contest. And this is this has been a really divisive topic. And we actually saw in the Contender Series last night uh, them them work a headbutt correctly, where there was a headbutt in the fight between those two light heavyweights, and they immediately stopped the fight, treated it like it was a nut shot or an eye poke and gave them time to, to recuperate, which I think is 100% the way you handle a headbutt. A headbutt is an illegal strike. It should be treated no differently than, than you know a kick to the nuts or an eye poke. You, you stop the fight immediately. But that's really not how it works or, or you know how it's worked the last couple of years. We've seen plenty of headbutts and it continues, which I think is you know just objectively the wrong way to handle it. But it, you know the, the the outcome here should have been a win for Kyle Dawkins because you have you have the headbutt and you have Kevin Holland getting basically flash knocked out um, which is a funny visual and the fight goes to the ground it should have been stopped immediately it should have been stopped immediately but it wasn't that's the key thing it was not stopped they were let they, they, they both were allowed to continue to fight. Dawkins tried to submit him a couple of times with a couple of different submissions, and then uh, they they kind of get up along the cage, and Dawkins you know kind of gets on his back and, and chokes him out. Maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds. I don't know. I'm terrible at time, but you know a little bit of time passed to the the headbutt. And if the fight's allowed to continue, it should be a regular fight. There should be no stipulations on a regular fight. So what, what kind of bugs me is how everything played out. It's a no contest or they scored it. In a, uh, they had it a no contest, but 
it's only because Kyle Dawkins won. Kyle Dawkins didn't really take the brunt of the headbutt. You know, obviously the the, the damage was done to uh, Kevin Holland. But if after the initial fall down, the fight was allowed to continue, and let's, let's say Kevin Holland spun around, reached for a leg, and got Kyle Dawkins in a heel hook, and then 15 seconds later, uh, you know, after they went to the ground, he, he taps out Kyle Dawkins to a heel hook. It wouldn't be a no contest. It'd be a fucking submission win for Kevin Holland, and we all know that'd be the case. Or, say, you know, say they fell to the ground, and, you know, they're on the ground for like 20 seconds, and then they both stand up, and then right after they stand up, Kyle, uh, Kyle Dawkins just gets murked, murked with a, a overhand right. They're not going to call that a no contest. It would be a win. So it's it's kind of stupid because either either it's a win for Kevin Holland or it's a no contest. Because there's no way that Kyle Dawkins wins that fight and it's not a no contest. Unless it goes to rounds two and rounds three, then maybe. But inside that inside round one, there, there's there's no possible win for Kyle Dawkins. So there's no reciprocity in you know there's or maybe I should say there's an asymmetry in what would happen to one fighter and what would happen to the other well that's not that's not really fair it it was an accidental headbutt it wasn't a fucking purposeful headbutt now it's still an illegal strike but Kyle Dawkins didn't cause the illegal strike any more than Kevin Holland did you know what I mean it's it's it was 50-50 they both ducked at the same time Kevin Holland you know ducked in a bad position a worse position than uh, Kyle Dawkins, you know, where he got hit on the chin and, and Dawkins got hit on the temple. So it's it's nobody's fault, but yet we're going to put all of the, all of the, you know, potential bad stuff on Kyle Dawkins. So fight can continue. So then there's no way, there's no way Kevin Holland can lose because he just lost there and ah, it's all good. It's all good. You know, that illegal strike that happened a minute, a minute ago. Yeah, that's fine. We let, we let it play out. Like they really treat it, they really treat it like a fumble in the NFL. We're like, ah, let's just you know, let's let the fumble continue, and then we'll we'll say it's a touchdown, but then we'll go back and review it, you know, just because we don't want to blow the whistle. We don't want to blow the whistle too early. That's basically what the fuck they said. But you know, it, it's really Kyle Dawkins who's getting fucked. So it's like, that, that's really what it comes down to me. If the fight is allowed to continue, then it's a fight. You can't you can't allow the fight to continue, and have these special rules you know, for, for each fighter or just in general, if the fight is allowed to continue, there's no other situation where the fight is allowed to continue except for if this happens, then it didn't really happen. Then you're just making shit up. So if it was allowed to continue, then the headbutt wasn't that bad in the eyes of the referee. I don't doubt that it was fucking terrible for Kevin Holland and that it impaired him. But if you allow it to continue, you can't just be like, oh, oops, a daisy, you know, It'd be, it would almost be no different than like, well, we let the, we let the fight continue all the way to, you know, the, uh, a decision, but we're going to go back to that, uh, eye poke in round one and we're going to dock you a point. I mean, I know I should have docked you a point back then, but we're going to dock you a point now. Cause I went back and, you know, we, yeah, we let the fight continue, but you know, so it's just, it's just this weird, confusing type of thing. You know, it, it's, you know. Kyle Dawkins didn't do anything wrong. Neither did neither did Kevin Holland, but it, it really seems like you're punishing one fighter. You know, I thought uh, Kenny Florian had the best. He basically said what I just said, 
about how, you know, either you stop it right then, which is the right thing to do. I'm just talking about what ha- what actually transpired. The correct thing to do and what will happen moving forward is they're just going to call time immediately following a headbutt, which is the right thing to do, obviously. But, you know, how it played out, they kind of fucked Kyle Dawkins. But, you know, they're running it back, I think, on the uh, the card on the 13th of uh, November. So that'll be interesting. Uh, like I always say, Kevin Holland, super overrated, super overrated. Uh, got knocked out by a headbutt, and uh, he will, he'll, he'll lose to uh, Kyle Dawkins in the rematch again. So, you know, he'll lose twice. All right, moving on. Uh, we got a couple of other cards here on the on the uh, cards. A couple of other fights here on the uh, the main card. Want to get to them very quickly. Uh, we had uh, Nico Price winning a unanimous decision over Cowboy Oliveira. Uh, I did not get a good look at this fight. I watched it uh, pretty sporadically. It looks like they got the right guy. I thought Nico Price probably won, but there were, you know, sometimes I wasn't able to watch this one. Two fighters going uh, in the wrong direction. Very hard to pick this one. But I think we picked Nico Price. Yeah, we did pick Nico Price in this one. So, you know, mark that one up for the mailman. We had a uh, split decision win for Kristaps Jotko over Misha Serkinov. Um, kind, of a bo- kind of a boring fight. Pretty fucking close. Honestly, could have gone uh, either way, uh, in, in my opinion. Uh, in fact, now looking at the stats on this one, uh, I'm pretty surprised Misha Serkinov didn't win. Uh, might might be the last fight for for Serkinov. He's lost a crazy amount of fights. I think he's lost six of his last eight, uh, or five of his last seven. So, you know, might be, uh, you know, I think it kind of was a Hail Mary trying to go down to 185. I liked the idea. It is a fresh coat of paint. Um, but this dude's losing a lot of fights. And I bet you he's getting paid pretty well, actually. If you're in, if you're in the rankings and you've been in the UFC for like 10 fights... I bet you, I bet you, Serkinov's making a pretty good amount of money. So I'm sure they'll do a, a cost-benefit analysis on Misha Serkinov, and and they'll probably realize it's not worth it. Uh, we had a really, really nice knockout from Alexander Hernandez on uh, Mike Breeden uh, that took place uh, 80 seconds into round one. Uh, Hernandez just doing what he's supposed to do, really. You know, they, they, they gave him a, a cupcake in Mike Breeden, a guy who probably shouldn't be in the UFC, but if he does, we probably shouldn't put him against somebody who's just outside of the rankings. Very tough test for him. And, you know, they say the toughest thing to do is to do what you're supposed to do. It, it's, it's to win. You know, the, the, the toughest thing in sports is to be a massive favorite and win, I'm told. I don't know if I buy that, but... Uh, you know, Hernandez did what he did. And not only did he do what he's supposed to do, but he also, you know, had a borderline highlight knockout. So, you know what I mean? Good good for him. Good for him. Seems like a changed guy, not as uh, not as cocky, which, you know, I'm for. I'm for. He kind of was a dickhead a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, tough, tough fighter. Definitely lost that fight against Ronaldo, so he should have lost uh, four of his last six. Uh, I, I really don't know what his future is in the UFC probably just you know being a, a journeyman kind of like he, what he's been doing these last couple of fights but uh you know puts on a good performance every now and then now and again um fucking it's absolutely fucking insane to think that he has a win over a knockout win 
a knockout win in round one over Benil Dariush. It is fucking insane to to realize that. So I don't know. I don't know. There's some talent there, but uh, I don't know. All right, moving on to the prelims. We had a uh, split decision win for uh, Jared Gordon over Joe Selecki. Uh, watched this one pretty sparingly. Uh, tough, another tough fight to uh, to to try to pick. You know, good matchmaking between uh, uh, the UFC. Uh, I don't think people realize the, the the streak that Jared Gordon is is on. Uh, he was really good on that UFC documentary that they did about um, Abu Dhabi uh, or Fight Island, and uh, they really made him seem like a fucking dummy, like a real dummy. Which maybe he is. I don't. I don't know. Maybe he is just you know really fucking stupid. But uh, he's on a really really good streak. So his last loss was to Charles Oliveira in uh, 2019. Since then, he has three decision wins. And obviously, this one went to a split decision. Uh, the, the, the stats would certainly be in the favor of uh, Jared Gordon, at least striking-wise. But, you know, he... And, and, you know, these are lower-level fighters on the totem pole, but, you know, his win over Chris Fishgold, fucking absolute domination. His win over Donny, Danny Chavez, pretty pretty dominant. Pretty dominant. Not as, much, not as much as Fishgold. Chavez fought back a little bit, but, you know, that's that's three wins in a row. Uh, you know, he seems to be in the good graces of the UFC. He kind of beat, you know, uh, A to B level prospect here in, in Joe Selecki. You know, you might you might see him uh, fighting somebody in, in the rankings. Or at the very least, you know, right on, on the doorstep. And, uh, you know, then for, for Joe Selecki, you know, not the end of the world. He's 28, but, uh, you know, probably should have got this one done against uh, Jared Gordon. Uh, we got a couple of ones we can just blow through here really, really quickly. We have uh, Casey O'Neill getting a win over uh, Antonina Shevchenko. Knocks her out uh, in round two. Uh, good performance there for, for Casey O'Neill. Picked her to win this fight. You know, a win over Shevchenko, who might be in the rankings. So Casey O'Neill might be in the in the rankings. Okay, the UFC's not going to have her in the rankings. I can't remember if we have her in there. Uh, or not, I suppose I could uh, could look that up really, really quickly. Uh, I know she's kind of teetered in and out of the rankings at uh, at flyweight. Uh, we do not have her ranked. Okay, so Casey O'Neill is not gonna not gonna make it this time. But you know that's a that's a big win. It's always good to get a win over the champion's uh, sister. I mean that you know certainly could propel you when it comes to looking at storylines. But, you know, like I said in, in the preview show, if I could pick, if I could pick, you know, two or three prospects that, you know, I wanted to, to ride with all the way to the top, one of them would be Casey O'Neill. One of them would be O'Neill. You know, it's tough to figure out who's still technically a prospect, you know, because are you a prospect if you're in the rankings? You know, some would say no, but the rankings at Flyweight are, are really fucking terrible. And, and lack depth so maybe you could still be a prospect in the in the flyweight top 15 you know i think when you're looking at you know diamonds not even not even in the rough you know just blue chip prospects to look out for at 125 specifically i mean i think it comes down to miranda maverick 
and Casey O'Neill, and then I, yeah, I don't know who you'd pick as as the number three, but uh, you know, maybe. Well, Macy Barber has been around for a little bit and is actually not that good of a fighter. So, you know, I don't know. It, it probably just those two. So uh, I'm excited to see what she does in the future. Uh, we had a retirement fight for Betch Kohea. She loses uh, to Carol Hosa via unanimous decision. Uh, did not watch that one for uh, obvious reasons. Uh, we had a round two knockout from Jamie Malarkey on Devontae Smith. What a, not even a fall from grace, but just kind of a, a bust Devonte Smith has been to this point uh, in his uh, UFC career, uh, and you know it was a pretty pretty bad knockout. Malarkey was was really putting it on him, you know, and this is a guy who's kind of came out of um, out of nowhere, you know, comes to the UFC, starts off 0 and 2, and now he's on a two fight winning streak, two fight knockout streak over uh, Kama Worthy, and, and and now Devonte Smith. Um, you know, Devontae Smith, I believe he was a minus 1,100 favorite against Kama Worthy. And then, you know, gets knocked out in terrible fashion. You know, takes off quite some time, comes back, gets a win over Justin James. But now you lose to Jamie Malarkey in a fight you absolutely should have won. You know, this guy was a, was, was one of the hottest prospects at 155. A lot of people were, were putting this putting the cart before the horse on this one about, you know, him being in the in the rankings you know in, in the coming months and 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 stuff like that just kind of goes to show you that you can't uh you can't put the cart before the horse and uh you know because there's plenty of prospects plenty of good prospects that just never work out in the ufc and and smith you know he's only 28 so you know he certainly can and probably will figure it out but you know there's no guarantee uh that that you ever figure it out and really you know it, it's it's really there really are only a handful of prospects who come into the UFC right away and you just know you just know they're going to do something you just know that not only are they gonna, are they going to be in the rankings but they're going to they're going to do something really special you know what i mean so like so when people say that Devonte Smith is going to do that you know i'd 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 caution against that and i did you know back uh back even before he lost to Kama Worthy but it's just you gotta be, you gotta be careful, man. Not everybody's Israel Adesanya. You know that really probably was the last prospect who came into the UFC outside of the rankings. Where after his first fight, you're just like, this guy's gonna do something really special. Like I don't know if he's gonna be champ. I, I you know, I didn't, I didn't think he was gonna be champ after his first fight. But you know, you just see somebody fight for the first time, and you're like, I, I know they're gonna do something. I felt the same way about uh, uh, Brendan Allen, who. I think is undefeated outside of that one loss to Sean Strickland, who, you know, is on a nice little run of, of, of his own. And, uh, you know, but still like 5-1 and one in the UFC or something. So that was the last fighter I really felt that way about. So, you know, you got to caution about things like that. Uh, let's see here. Moving on, we had a uh, round one knockout for Douglas Silva D'Andrade on uh, Gaetano Pirello. Uh, looked br- fucking brutal. Looked brutal. I mean, took him off his feet, off balance. Um, you know, I'm surprised they gave uh, Perello another shot in the UFC after his fight uh, with Ricky Simone. Uh, did not go his way. And and for for Silva Andrade, I mean, that's how he wins fights. He he wins fights by knockout. 
uh, 27 wins. I want to say like 24 of them are by knockout. So, you know, bantamweight division, you know, it just stays, it just stays winning. You know, it just stays winning with its depth. Uh, and then we had uh, a couple of uh, wins here on the prelims. Uh, we had a uh, pretty dominant win for Stephanie Egger over uh, Shayna Young. Uh, I did watch that uh, in its entirety. Good performance there from uh, from Egger. You know, you got to do what you got to do against, uh, you know, low-level competition here in, in the UFC. So, you know, she's on the older side of things for someone coming into the UFC. I think she's like 33 or 34, so... You know, that's when a lot of elite-level fighters drop off, so it'll be interesting to see if she can kind of buck the trend or, you know, see how quickly she can uh, turn around and uh, and fight, you know. But it's always interesting seeing people with, uh, you know, expediated timelines, you know, like uh, Mark Marco Madsen, where it's like, yeah, that dude uh, is outside of the rankings. He's very fucking talented, accomplished a lot of things in the realm of combat sports, but he has like three years to become champ. Like, he has three years before he just completely, the wheels just come off. So it's like, it's always it's always interesting seeing, uh, you know, differing timelines uh, happen in the sport. Because, you know, it is, it is a weird sport, you know? It is a weird sport. You could have, you know, you could have fighters that just fall off at, at 25. You could have fighters that go until they're 44. I mean, it's just, you know, everybody has their own timeline. So you never, you never really know. You never really can count anybody out. Uh, and then we had a, uh, a win for Alejandro Perez over Johnny Eduardo uh, in uh, the prelim opener. Did not watch that one, unfortunately, uh, because I was driving. I was driving, and I did not, get, uh, did not get reception, which is weird. Not that I would watch it while I'm driving, but uh, you know, listen to it while I'm driving. All right, so that's uh, just about it. We will have uh, a preview of UFC Fight Night Dern versus Rodriguez uh, probably later today. Uh, Going to be a real short one because it's uh, 11 fights, maybe even 10, because I, th- I thought I saw that one of these fights was off. And it's probably the worst card ever assembled. It's terrible. I'm not a fan of uh, the two fighters in the main event. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. There's no depth on this card. It's really, 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 really bad. So it might be... It's probably going to be a 20-minute preview because we're just going to go right through. There's really no no silver lining on that one. So, you know, that's what we all have to look forward to. And then the the week after... Fuck, what, what is the week after? It's just as bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's Holly Holm and Norma Dumont in a fucking UFC main event, so, good God, I'll, I'll be, uh, I mean, luckily we got Fury and Wilder 3, which never should have happened, uh, because, you know, Fury won the first two fights, obviously, but, um, I'll still watch that, I'll watch, I'll watch Deontay Wilder get knocked the fuck out again, over watching Mackenzie Dern, who we all know why she's in the main event, and Marina Rodriguez who is a good striker, a good good striker. Probably one of the best strikers on you know on on the on the female side of things. But, you know, pretty one-dimensional. Probably going to get exposed if she ever uh, you know fights a well-rounded, you know, top 3 fighter. So, whatever, but that's for our preview. That's for our preview show. So that's look forward to that. So, uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. 
Uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. You can check out our website at NorthStarsports.media or OwenEly.com because, you know, we have two domains. And also, leave us a, a five star rating on uh, iTunes, why don't you? Or fucking Apple Podcasts or whatever they call it. Or really just anywhere you tune in. I mean, we're basically everywhere. I mean, you know, we're on Spotify. We're on iHeartMedia. We're on PodMN. We're the best the best Minnesota podcast on PodMN, by the way. Uh, fucking tuner, tune in, fuck Stitcher. I don't even know. You probably could pick up a soup can, you know, in, in the fucking, in the gutters outside and you could get this podcast. I mean, wherever. We're on podcast platforms. I did not even put this show on. I've just found this show on people, you know, on, on different platforms. So I don't know. We, this might be pirate fucking radio for all I know. I mean, people could just be pirating this and, and you know, just, you know, we could be on like bootleg, like black market pirate radio in like Eastern Romania or something for all I know. I mean, you know, it, you know, we're a very global podcast. You know, I look at uh, I look at our stats, you know, we're I'm Mr. Worldwide, basically. So we're basically everywhere. We're basically everywhere. There's nary a spot, nary a spot on God's green earth that you couldn't find this podcast. In fact, I bet you, I bet you, you could even listen to this on uh, uh, on the moon or uh, the International Space Station because I bet you they still get Wi-Fi up there. So really, you could listen to this basically anywhere humans have ever gone, except for uh, Highway 77. Because there's no internet on uh, on uh, 77, but outside of that, outside of that narrow stretch over the Minnesota River, you basically can listen to us anywhere. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.